Now it's time for something really different. I'll be taking a look at Rocky and Bullwinkle Classic Adventures from IDW straight ahead. Welcome to the Classy Comics Podcast, where we search for the best comics in the universe. From Boise, Idaho, here is your host, Adam Graham. In the 1950s and 60s, almost any media property could be a comic book. Whether it's Have Gun Will Travel, Star Trek, I Spy, and uh, today's entry, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Sometimes the transition to the... Uh, Comic book medium could be very rough. Uh, oftentimes, it didn't feel like the original story. It was missing a certain something. I remember reading uh, some Gold Key Looney Tunes uh, comics uh, several years back, and they just didn't feel at all like Looney Tunes. They weren't funny. They uh, seemed to miss the whole point of Looney Tunes. If you read uh, the early Gold Key Star Trek comics, and even some of the later ones, it doesn't feel at all like the show. Uh, they use words uh, that don't quite seem like Star Trek, and it feels like the people who wrote and drew it uh, just kind of had seen some pictures and decided to make up a story. Uh, that, thankfully, is not the case with these uh, classic Rocky and Bullwinkle uh, comics that were reprinted by uh, IDW. The book collects issues 1 through 12 of uh, the uh, Gold Key series of uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle stories. They managed to capture the tone of the series uh, perfectly. Uh, each issue contained four stories, just kind of like the TV show often had uh, four segments. Each has two Rocky and Bullwinkle segments, and in the middle you have uh, a Sherman and Peabody and either uh, Dudley Do-Right or Fractured Fairy Tales. The only thing really missing from the equation is the uh, use of serialized stories on the uh, TV show. Uh, you can't really have that. These comics actually were published between 1962 and 1976. So you couldn't really carry on a multi-part story. It does seem like a curious model uh, by uh, Goldkey. Uh, and they did a lot of big gaps on the books they sold, but I think they were less intended to be ongoing serial stories and uh, things that you read every month, as opposed they were, I think, more something that you had in stores that you could buy and give to fans of a series or which might catch the eye of a fan. As such, the closest we have to a uh, long-form story is one where the first and 
second Rocky and Bullwinkle segments tie together in a story that ties into the Moon Men. To go over the plots of all these uh, comics would seem to be kind of uh, redundant. Rocky and Bullwinkle was never really about the plots. Even when they were traveling a long ways on an adventure, they were just traveling so they could get from one gag to the next gag. What's important is the tone and the humor, and they do a great job capturing that. And there are some hilarious uh, stories in there. My favorite is probably the one where uh, Bullwinkle accidentally buys a laundromat, and this ends up leading Boris into thinking that Bullwinkle is secretly a Pottsylvanian spy. Or the story where Snidely Whiplash is hypnotizing Dudley Durot to do his bidding and commit robberies in his sleep. And uh, Dudley is going around with a picture of the uh, suspect uh, drawing uh, based on witness accounts and is showing it to people saying, if you see this man, uh, report him. Uh, no clue that it's actually him. So these are the top of stories that they really would use uh, on the TV show. The criticisms or, I guess, questions, one thing that came up when I was reading this is they had a couple of stories where they had Dudley uh, dealing with modern things. He went on TV in one episode. In another, he went up uh, in a uh, modern aviation uh, uh, program and uh, it seems like maybe the writers forgot that Dudley Do-Right was supposed to be a period piece set uh, around the turn of the century. But it's equally as possible, if you're writing in the style of Rocky and Bullwinkle, that you just kind of forget about that and think, hey, there's a joke to be had here. We'll introduce an anachronism and just have fun. My one serious complaint with the book is the way that it handled the reprinting of issue 12. Issue 12 was actually a an issue that reprinted all but one story from issue 1. It's understandable why Gold Key would do this, given that they didn't have trade paperbacks back then, and that issue 1 had been 14 years previously. However, for IDW to print both issue 1 and issue 12 just as pages to the book uh, without actually adding content. So it's a bit of a ripoff to the fans. I would have preferred that they went ahead and did what a comic book companies normally do when they reprint a comic that has a reprint in it that's been reprinted somewhere else. And that is that uh, they will actually just reprint the cover and the one original story. And then IDW could have reprinted issue 13. Though maybe they were superstitious about that. Still, there was no reason to include all of those extra pages for a story we already had. Still, despite that, this is still a book I'll give a rating of classy to. It is a book that has really both the classic look of the original Rocky and Bullwinkle stories, and it's also got that same uh, style and feeling to its humor. It is that rare uh, adaptation from this time that really captures the spirit of the original, and that definitely makes it a classy comic in my books. 
That will do it for today. If you do have a comment or if you'd like to uh, suggest a book for me to cover, email me at classycomicsguy at gmail.com. After this many episodes, I think uh, listeners have a pretty good idea of the type of books that I like and will look at. Well, listener comments now and uh, have a tweet here from Ben who uh, tweets to me. Hey, Adam, I know you're a very busy man and probably have all your episodes planned out far ahead of time, but I was wondering if you could do a review of the Watchmen uh, graphic novel. Thanks. And uh, I will go ahead and I gave him a definite maybe on Twitter. Um, I have to admit, um, I've read a little bit about Watchmen and I've heard quite a bit of uh, conversation around it. And... It's honestly uh, not a book that I've ever found like I've got to read this. It's never sounded fun to me, and it has also uh, is credited, I think, somewhat justly with having uh, taken comics into a much darker uh, direction. Uh, that said, I do uh, intend on reading it uh, this year. Uh, for two reasons. Uh, first, because uh, I am curious about the Doomsday Clock event, which does involve the DC Universe, particularly Superman, going up against and uh, dealing with the Watchmen uh, characters, uh, and Dr. Manhattan being the one behind uh, so much of the uh, problems in the DC Universe, it, uh, I think Doomsday Clock's probably a pretty important event, and to understand Doomsday Clock, I think I'm going to have to read Watchmen. And the other thing is that if I'm going to be uh, reviewing comics, it's important to understand that this is one of those books that, whether it's going to be fun or not, it's still important if you're going to be critiquing uh, comics. I think it definitely has that. A reputation, and I don't know whether I will uh, like it overall or not. Uh, it might be very brilliant in what it does. Uh, there are some people I've heard who say it doesn't quite hold up as much um, as uh, it, as it, its reputation does, but I will go into it with as open of mind as possible. Uh, it is possible to not like uh, the, the direction that has come out of something without having an issue with the thing itself. A good example of that would be Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths is a great story, uh, but what it led to is constant reboots, gigantic uh, crossover events by people who were just a lot less skilled at it. And so they messed up characters, messed up continuity, and just created really big, expensive, uh, disappointing events. Uh, And in many ways, it all started with Crisis on Infinite Earth, a very wonderful story. Uh, So it could be like that. Uh, Whether I'll do a review, I don't think I'll do a standard review of uh, Watchmen. Uh, If anything, I might do kind of like a highlight thing where I highlight, say, you know, three to five things I like about uh, Watchmen and three to five that I don't and uh, just kind of provide uh, honest opinion in that regard. 
uh, depending on uh, the overall content, if I can find a good way to discuss it that works pr- pretty well with the way we do the show. Uh, I don't want to, you know, if I absolutely hate it, I don't want to do some ranty uh, episode because that's just doesn't tend to be what we're going for with this series. So um, I uh, am going to read it and we'll see if uh, we incorporate it at all into the series. Thanks so much for the question, Ben. Follow us on Twitter at Classy Comics Guy and uh, be sure and check out our website, ClassyComicsGuy.com. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.